Clang, clang, clang went the trolley. Ding, ding, ding went the bell. It's Liza with the Z, not Lisa with an S, cause Lisa with an S goes snuds. Let me hear you say, hey, Miss Carter. Don't cry for me, Argentina. There can be a hundred people in the room. Liza! I'm Robbie Latour. And I'm Tequila Mockingbird. Welcome to a special Christmas edition of Divas on Divas. Where we make our Christmas obsession your problem. Hey, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. It's looking very <laughs> festive in here. The tree is up. We're all in Santa hats. There's snow on the ground. Well, hail. It was hailing a little <laughs> earlier today. Oh my gosh, it really was. <laughs> Rudolph himself is going to land on the roof at any time. <laughs> Oh my God, this is it, Robert. Episode nine. Can you believe that the next episode will be our last episode for the season? And that's it. Ten episodes in this season and then we're done. We're wrapped with season one. Oof. Can't wait for a break. It's been the longest year ever. <laughs> really, it has. Truly, since we started doing this. Look, we are here to celebrate Christmas today because it is only a couple of days until Christmas. And we've got such a special... Special guest with us this afternoon, don't we? Absolutely. Couldn't have celebrated Christmas without this special diva, especially considering who we're going to be talking about today. Joining us is the ho-ho-ho herself, the most beautiful drag queen in all of Melbourne, the always controversial Lexi Gaga. Oh my God. Hi, guys. How are you? Hi, Lexi. Thank you so much for having me, Tequila and Robbie, on this beautiful Christmas Eve's, 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 (laughs) Eve's. Look, we are actually sitting around the table in our Santa hats because we felt like we do need to get into the mood. Yes, bring a little Christmas spirit to the podcast while we're recording today. Why not? I reckon the fact that we're all drinking eggnog was probably going a step too far, but that's okay. Yeah. (laughs) We both love Christmas. I know you love Christmas because one of our very earliest memories, you stayed over here one night and we put the Christmas tree up together the next day. Yes, and I just recently put my Christmas tree up in my home as well. Oh, and it looks beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Pop that on Instagram at some point over the next couple of days and it's lush. Lexi, are you a Christmas fan? Look, just like our dear diva we're talking about today, I really do feel that I am a festive person, right from the shopping to the food to the presents to the just all-round cheer of the December part of the year. Look, a lot of people dread Christmas and a lot of people, you know, dread the same old songs coming up year after year or having to do the shopping. But to me, I mean, I'm 30-something years old. I'm not trying to be cool about it. I just honestly forgot how old I am. But I'm somewhere in my 30s and I still believe in the magic of Christmas. I still think it's a really magical time. I don't think there's anything more magical than this time of year. It's like you feel it in the air. And there is, like you said, there are a lot of Grinches around this time of year that that just don't get into the holiday spirit. And I feel really sad for them because it's one of the only times a year that I feel true joy. Well, Lexi, I'm glad that you're on Team Christmas because otherwise today would have been very difficult. Now, nothing makes me feel more like it's Christmas than hearing this sound. Oh, that amazing glockenspiel. It just makes every little part of my body tingle. I love it so much. And, of course, we are going to be talking today about the Christmas diva herself, Mariah Carey. The one and only elusive Chanteuse herself. Oh, and my boy, God. Boy, isn't she elusive. Oh, my gosh. this is uh, My research has never been harder. 
<laughs> it has been quite difficult because what is there to say about Mariah Carey? She's done so much and there is so much of her work out there, but we know so little of her as a person. So I can't wait to crack into this episode. I know someone who's going to have a lot to say about Mariah Carey. Now, Lexi, you are a Mariah Carey stan from way back, aren't you? I just adore her. My very, very, very first album I ever got on cassette tape was Music Box and I've been a lover ever since. So without any further ado, should we crack into it? Born Mariah Angela Carey on March 27th, 1969, or is it 1970? Well, we'll dive into that a little bit later on. In Huntington, New York. That makes her 50 years old this year, or is it 51? (laughs) (laughs) After her parents' divorce when she was only three, she was primarily raised by her mother, who was an opera singer, and started mimicking her from an early age. Her mother started teaching her to sing, and by high school, she was frequently absent from school due to her work as a demo singer. After high school, Mariah moved to New York and completed beauty school. So she got like a degree in cosmetology, which is crazy, all the while trying to peddle her own demo tape. Yeah, I always love to hear what divas do. Before they kind of make it, like, you know, the the small odd jobs that they've got to pick up, or this sliding door moment of the... Mariah Carey could have been the girl down on the corner at the salon doing your hair, doing your nails. Working at the beauty counter at She the... could have been like you, Lexi. <laughs> doing a little facial and a little blow wave. You know, it is a well-known fact that Mariah has cracked it at several hairdressers and makeup artists throughout her career and said well, they're not doing the right thing. She is able to do it herself. Because she knows what she's talking about. She knows how to do a quick blowout. <laughs> she's had a few quick blowouts. Don't we all? <laughs> She got a gig singing backup for a Latin freestyle singer by the name of Brenda K. Starr. I love this story so much. So it was through Brenda Starr that she secured an invite to a CBS record executives gala where she reportedly handed her demo tape to the head of Columbia Records, Tommy Mottola. Imagine that. Just Which walking is, up to the head yeah. of the company and going, hey, would you listen Having to this? Having that much chutzpah from like <laughs> so young and so like so ballsy. Such a ballsy move to just be like, let's do it. No fear. He listened to the tape on his way home, told his driver to turn around, but Mariah had already left the event. Now, in what can only be described as a modern-day Cinderella story, he reportedly spent the next two weeks trying to track this girl down that gave him the demo tape. What a break, like, to have the head of Columbia Records searching high and low to try and find this elusive voice. Mariah instantly became billed as Columbia's lead female star, and they threw everything behind her debut album. Which was called Mariah Carey. The thought went into that. (laughs) (laughs) She's had 15 studio albums and eight compilation albums, two EPs and 72 singles, and currently no live albums. Interesting. Not a big fan of the live recordings. (laughs) (laughs) Mm, I wonder what that could be. Could be a theme that we see pop up a couple of times today. (laughs) (laughs) Some of her hit songs include Touch My Body, Emotion, Heroes, and... All I want for Christmas is you. Oh, your little tease. You don't even want to get the ah, <laughs> out before you turn that off. She was married from 1993 to 1999 to Tommy Matola. Where have I heard his name before? Where have I heard the Columbia Records executive that tracked her down in that Cinderella-style story? Interestingly enough, married quite young to someone quite a bit older than her. Yes. <laughs> but hey, you got to make that coin somehow. Well, that's exactly it. And from 2008 to 2016, she was married to comedian and rapper Nick Cannon, who she had twins Morocco and Monroe, named after Marilyn Monroe, and the place where Nick Cannon proposed to her, which was Morocco. <laughs> no. Beautiful. Yes. No. <laughs> 
I thought this was great. It was, he proposed to her in a Moroccan oh, I'm themed style, room. That's right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was, they went Not actually, in Morocco. Right, they went in Morocco. <laughs> How good is that? Oh, gosh. Oh, goodness. She has five Grammys from 34 nominations and 10 American Music Awards. She was the first artist in history to have their first five singles go to number one in the Billboard Top 100 and has had the most number one singles of any solo artist, female songwriter, or female producer. And, of course, she got her Hollywood Walk of Fame star tequila in 2015. We love it. We love to see it. Most recently, she can be seen on the Apple TV Plus, what I can only describe as... (laughs) Absolute fucking tomfoolery and buffoonery of the highest order. In the best possible way. In the best possible way. Mariah Carey's Magical Christmas Special, (laughs) which was just released. Even the name. My goodness. Now, we've all seen this. Lexi, how did you feel? Look, I've just done my fourth watch. And as a big fan, I really just was in the moment from the moment she opened her mouth talking absolute crap about Christmas (laughs) to the minute she finished. What absolute amazing money has been spent by Apple TV with no budget. No expense spared. No expense spared. And clearly our girl was a producer of her own show because my God, that lighting was perfect. If I could be lit the way that Mariah Carey is lit for the rest of my life, everybody would think that I was 20 for the rest of my life. (laughs) It was so quintessentially Mariah in that it was just, it was, I don't don't even know how to explain it, but it's camp and it's it's silly and it like the storyline doesn't really make any sense. I mean, it's not really about the saviour of Christmas. Yeah. Like Santa, Santa's head of operations. Wants, but she keeps played going by Billy Eichner. <laughs> She I was keeps wandering off as Mariah is to do. And it's like, it's just the most bizarre. It's it's well worth the seven-day free trial on Apple <laughs> Apple Plus TV, Apple TV Plus, just for that alone. We're not at all sponsored. We just really loved it. It was just, because it, it's unexplainable to anybody listening at home unless you've seen it, unless you see the absolute absurdity that it was. And the, the, unbelievable. The costumes, the outfits, oh my goodness. The and sets. she changed outfits more times than anyone ever needed. <laughs> <laughs> Lexi, have you got all of them sketched up and ready to go? Oh, I've got all of them sketched up and ready to go. I just don't know if there's enough slave labour in Melbourne to get them rhinestoned by Christmas at this late stage. Um, thank God I'm on drag hiatus because uh, Polly Filler and Passion Couture would be bleeding fingered if it was up to me. <laughs> Honestly, the amount of costume changes in there really made me feel like she was like, you know what, I'm going to get outfits done on Apple's budget. There's a lot of different looks in there that she can use on a lot of different occasions now. All right, gang, let's crack into some of Mariah's most iconic moments as voted by us. Innocent, it iconic. Don't you think? So if we've talked about it once, we've talked about it a thousand times on this podcast, and that's divas that seem to have an issue with Madonna. So I've got something here. I'm glad she's not going to let us down in that respect. <laughs> I've got something here from the very, sort of near the beginning of her career. Never one to sort of take things lying down. She she had this reaction when confronted at a press conference in 1995. She was asked about Madonna saying that she would rather kill herself than sing pop songs like Mariah Carey was releasing. (laughs) So this is what Madonna was quoted as saying by this reporter in 1995. Oof. To which Mariah, without missing a beat, responded, I really haven't paid attention to Madonna since I was in like seventh or eighth grade when she used to be popular, so I didn't hear that. (laughs) 
So you think the origins of like, I don't know her? I don't know her. This is what she's good at, right? She's the queen of a reaction. And yeah. like she will give you that sound bite that you... But it's not It's not <laughs> like... Need. It's the queen of passive aggressive shade. Yeah. Like, <laughs> from the very early days, like this is 1995. So it's just <laughs> like, I love it. I love everything about it because it's so... And again, it's that correlation between these divas that we, we talk about frequently. And they all hate Madonna. Issues that they have with Madonna. And most of the time, I really feel like it stems from Madonna's camp. Like, it's her that starts these feuds between these girls because she says all of these throwaway comments that she probably doesn't even believe most of the time. And she just says them for a reaction. Mm. Gaga was reductive. And then there's that thing between her and Cher. And it's like, it's a constant thing. I just think Madonna feels very threatened. I feel like it's Mm. an insecure thing. that She seems to do it a lot with up-and-comers. Yeah. Like, oh, you know, that's nice of you. I feel like as an old person, she just says the first thing that comes straight out of her mouth. You know how old people have no filter? The beauty of being old. Yes, <laughs> yes, you have very new you're very good. <laughs> Can't wait till I'm old. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> I can't wait to have an excuse to just say whatever I want. Well, and what's your excuse now? I mean, <laughs> fair. Um, I missed one from from the last episode as well. I, I just want to harken back to Aretha for a quick second. There was never really any beef between Aretha and Madonna, but Aretha actually died on Madonna's birthday. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. So Even in over, the afterlife, she, she gets overshadowed, her. <laughs> she overshadowed Madonna's birthday. Oh, gosh. This is quickly becoming a We Hate Madonna podcast. I can't wait for the Madonna episode. Are we going to do one? Yeah. All right. We have to. I suppose we've got to have Sasha Star on for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> Give her something. Come on. <laughs> So from the start of her career, Mariah Carey was always likened to another big diva of the time, Whitney Houston, because they both had very similar vocal signs. They were both big belters. They both were able to hit incredibly high notes. And Whitney was kind of, Whitney was the lead female artist on, I'm not sure which label it was, but at the exact same time when Columbia was really pushing Mariah, this other label was really pushing Whitney. So they kind of were forced to be head-to-head back when Mariah was first coming. Yeah, and when Mariah was releasing her first album, Whitney had had two platinum albums by that point and so they were the media sort of constantly pitted them against each other she's the new Whitney she's the new Whitney and she's coming to take her place and we know now that that's not how this works in the industry like Mm. there is room for everybody we've seen it with Ariana Grande coming up in that same sort of juxtaposition with Mariah now being the Whitney in this situation and we see that quite a lot in pop culture the media was constantly pitting them against each other and Whitney was asked about it at one point and said what do you think of Mariah she said I don't think of her yeah right (laughs) Which was a throwaway comment in the moment, but then what they didn't hear because everyone was going, oh my God, in the audience, what they didn't hear, she goes, I don't think of her, but I think she has an incredible voice. I think she's an incredible artist. I think what she does is amazing. Mm. But there was such furor after she said that first line that it was sort of missed and everyone was like, oh my God, she really does hate her. And it's this back and forth and it was a whole thing and the the media really was fueling it at the time. But they happened to shut down those rumours when they recorded a duet together for a DreamWorks film called The Prince of Egypt. Egypt back in 1998. Now, the film is incredible, and this was used as like the closing titles of the movie. It had been used in the movie, but sang by Michelle Pfeiffer and someone else as two of the characters in the movie. And it's a beautiful, beautiful, big soaring ballad. And they were approached by Jeffrey Katzenberg in 1998, who was the head of DreamWorks, and he talked to the singers about his upcoming animated film, The Prince of Egypt. And they both agreed, these two powerhouses of their time, to come together and record this song. And it has, we all know, it has these lyrics like, there can be miracles, 
calls when you believe. And it's, it's like a message song. Mm. And Mariah Carey said, if we were ever going to come together on any kind of record, this is definitely the right one. The really coolest thing to me is after all the drama and everybody making it like we had a rivalry, Whitney was just really cool and we had a really good time in the studio. And then she squashed the rumours all together saying, we had fun and so if nothing else, it was a good experience and divaism, whatever. And if all of that wasn't showing enough of how good their friendship was by that point, they appeared on the Oprah Winfrey show together on November 25th, 1998. And they seemed really playful with it and really playful with the, the whole way that the media had been treating them and pitting them against each other. Yeah. Whitney Houston told Oprah Winfrey, when we got together, it was like magic. We clicked and we laughed like old friends. And then, not only that, the song, When You Believe, went on to win an Academy Award in 19. 19- 
emotion. She sort of tries to make light of it and then she gets a bit shitty and then it yeah, all like, just goes wrong. It's obviously it's a, very flustering. And it's a very it's a very sad chain of events to watch unfold as well because it's like a it's like a really slow motion car crash where you can't stop it. And it's long. And it's long. It's it doesn't long. they didn't pull it from the they didn't pull she it from did the, the broadcast. Entire yeah, emotions the thing. without performing really any of it. And she does try and come in a couple of times. What transpires is that things just went really badly backstage. And look, honestly, from the stuff that I've read, I do think that she was pretty poorly done by. Her inner earpieces weren't working. And that means that she couldn't hear the track. She had no way to know what part of the song they were up to. They assured her that they'd be working. They changed earpieces. And then they just There was an issue in rehearsal as well. Yeah, Mm. look, it was crackly in rehearsal. Then they changed them. And then those just didn't work at all. And they just kept saying to her, don't worry, it's going to work live. And her team's going, no, 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 no. And they're going, don't worry. They're counting her down one minute, two minutes. And just throw her out there. And (laughs) look, literally threw her to the wolves. (laughs) Literally threw her to the wolves. Look, I'm going to go ahead and say, I believe that she had a really heavy... Heavy festive season. <laughs> I believe that her usual term. her usual no speaking rule the day before a performance was completely broken, and that she would have slept somewhere not in her usual mm. accommodation with her slanted roof and her twenty humidifiers in her room <laughs> and her eight Jack Russells that have a yearly living expense of twenty eight thousand pounds. And things were just <laughs> not right for Mariah that day. Okay, we can all have a bad day, you know. I've fallen off stage many times, and I've just had. <laughs> bad days on those days. So she just, yeah, poor I, Mariah. I do, I look, I do feel bad for her. Her team went as far as to pretty much accuse... Everybody. Yeah, well, accuse... Everybody the, living or dead. The producers of the show of deliberately trying to make a viral moment, which is, you know, I don't know how much truth there is to that, but I think, that, I think they obviously did let her down a little bit. Obviously, the West Coast is on a delayed broadcast, so they said <laughs> cut it from the West Coast, and they refused to do that. But they've never, they've never acknowledged that they did anything. They've acknowledged that there was technical issues, but they've never apologised or said that they did anything wrong. We didn't have a check for this song, so we'll just say it went to number one, and that's what it is. Okay. Feels like a dream. And you can tell she's paused. She's stopped, and she's like... Oh. She can't hear, and you can hear... Oh, and there she is talking over her own pre-recorded whistle tone. And it's just, it's really sad. And it's, it's, it's sad to watch. And it does continue. It goes on. I think the video goes on for something like two minutes or two and a half uh, minutes. Yeah, at least. Look, there's a lot of backlash about the fact that the whistle tone was in there pre-recorded. There's a lot of backlash about the fact that there are some pre-recorded vocals. But we were talking about this just recently in the Gaga app, And everybody sings to a backing track. And you look at the circumstances that they're in. She flew in that day. Yeah. You know, uh, they're, they're in Times, Times Square. Square. Yeah. The music is terrible. You can't hear anything. It's really... I'm happy to give her a pass on the fact that the whistle tone is in there. It's winter. It's cold. She's in a leotard. She's in a a nude leotard with some spangly things over her private bits, you know. We've all been there. I will give her a pass. The other bits that are pre-recorded are clearly harmonies that she was going to sing with. I think it actually shows how much she was intending on singing live. Yeah. Because most of it is nothing. Being the professional that she is, she still went up and did the ball drop with Ryan Seacrest 20 minutes later, did the countdown, and then promptly got in early mo and left. <laughs> How many Good people girl. do you reckon got fired in that 20 minutes? 
I don't feel like nobody did because it wasn't their team. <laughs> you know, that was Half the thing. Half ABC, gone. Mariah only ever works with her own sound technicians, yeah. I believe. Yep. And on this occasion, just couldn't. They also say, look, I, I sound like I'm really being sympathetic towards her here, but I, that's how I felt when I was doing my research into it. They uh, they also say that she cut her holiday short. She oh. was holidaying oh, in... Oh, that is actually quite sad. She was holidaying in Aspen and, yeah, and, and, and came back as a favour to them. They said, please, please, please come back and do this. So she cut her holiday short, come to do it, and... And then it all turns oh, to shit. Oh, poor love. Well, we'll give her a pass on this one. And she actually, you know, you look at the way she's talked about it since, and she's always take like she was happy to just go. We all have bad days. Well, you know, like some other people would have like made such a big deal out of some it. Her camp table. Kind of <laughs> really, we would never have heard the end of it. I'm not looking at anyone in particular. <laughs> oh, don't you start on me. <laughs> So as we know, I'm an ageless person myself. I've been 25 ever since I was 25 and my face still looks like I'm 25 and it will continue to look like that for the rest of my life. Just like me, Mariah Carey doesn't celebrate birthdays and is very quick to dismiss any talk about them when they're spoken about with people. She likes to think of herself with ageless and she doesn't like to count time whatsoever. (laughs) Which I think is beautiful. I think it's so fascinating that this is Mariah's world and we all just live in it. <laughs> I really the feel. Of, the level of delusion is so is so high. Because she celebrates them as what? She then? calls them her anniversaries, but she just yeah. likes to celebrate life in general. She doesn't like to celebrate the clock ticking over. It's fascinating to me. And I mean, I get it. Past a certain age, you, you, birthdays become more of a like a quick ride to the grave than anything else. Mm. But it's it's baffling because she said this from she said this from quite early on that she doesn't she doesn't celebrate her birthdays. No. She says that she's perpetually twelve years old and then in the carpool karaoke thing she says that she's her it'll be her eighteenth birthday or something. Like it's like she's stuck in this moment in time, you know, <laughs> and that's she just wants to stay there. Look, you know, after watching the beautiful new Christmas special the other week and watching her next to Ariana Grande who is pretty much half her age. Yeah. Looking at them, you can't really tell the difference between their age unless you know. So (laughs) if you were going to look that young, I would be ageless too. (laughs) I was surprised. I was surprised at, well, what is predicted to be her age. I was surprised to hear that it was what it was. I mean, it kind of makes sense. She's been around forever, but she does look great. You've got to give her that. You can't deny it. How are her boobs? Boobs. Tits are incredible. (laughs) Her waist. She's like most female pop stars as well. Their weight fluctuates. Like it comes and goes. She started as a very like thin girl and a very like toned. And then she got a little bit bigger sort of a few years ago. And then she's back on the fitness journey or whatever it must be now. Because I've never seen her body look as incredible as it does in that Christmas special. She's got stunning curves. Like the way that this jumpsuit that she wears at the start where she's got this tiny little waist. She's got these big. She's got a. Drag queen body, really? Yeah, she's yeah. got, the she's got good padding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's got an astro booty on. Yeah. And a a good chest does, fight from boobs for queens. I mean, there's not much on that Christmas special that isn't fake. Yeah, is it a chest plate? Because nah, at times it looks like a chest plate. It's, a, it's definitely her tits. I just they're think just they're looks. probably taped quite well and yeah. contoured quite well. But they almost look plastic. Yeah. I think mm. it's the way that they're probably. Just... I think quite a lot of her does not in like a not in like in a plastic surgery gone wrong kind of way, but in the way her face doesn't move and it's so perpetually. It's like a doll, sparkly. And That's she's money just, well spent. It is money yeah. well spent. <laughs> It's not, it's not plastic surgery gone wrong. dollars worth of plastic. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. 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 So I'd happily be ageless she's if I could. She's got one on retainer. Like oh, she'd have to. She'd have to. You don't see her going. They'd be coming to her and doing the work. She wouldn't be going to them and having mm. it done. You know, I do love that with her look, she also won't even have a selfie taken with anyone unless you've got a selfie stick and someone else to light that <laughs> selfie for you because she doesn't ever want to be seen at a bleak angle from a mobile phone. I'm not even kidding, but that's not that far away from how you take photos. Pretty much. I've heard you yell at people about oh, how no. Use the flash or not, use the flash. And unless it's a great Melbourne photographer who knows how I like to be photographed, I usually take people's phone off them and just say, let me take that myself if you want a selfie because it's all about the angles and no one needs to be seeing up someone's nose. And nobody gets that more than Mariah. Nobody gets how to produce themselves more than Mariah Carey does. Yeah, I don't think anybody's as self-produced as she is. And it's almost like she's not real in the way that it's done as well. She's kind of like a parody of herself or a parody of what like a diva should be really yeah because it It is that's that's an interesting word actually parody because i can't put my finger on what it is that is so intriguing about mariah but it almost is like she's like a she's like a social experiment (laughs) (laughs) it's it's the only way in doing all of this research i went into this this episode knowing a little bit here and there and there's certain things that i really do like about mariah and have liked since the beginning of her career namely her voice being one of them but it's it's one of the things that i couldn't quite put my finger on while doing my research what it is that i just don't get about her is i just i don't think any of it's real (laughs) I don't see anything that's real Mm. and I it's hard to relate to but it's also fascinating to watch because it is like watching a social experiment but that's what I love yeah that's that's what what I I love love the most is this unashamedly manufactured element of who she is but just happy to happy to go along with it now it's (laughs) wanting to look manufactured right yeah I I think think it is wanting to look just so manufactured (laughs) like and you've got to respect it because that's the point yeah yeah (laughs) I, I think know. she's at that point in her career now where that is so integral to who she is and what her brand is. Mm. That's what we're getting. Yeah. And that's all we're going to get. And I, I can't be mad and at that. She's got, she's got some of the most ferocious fans that I've seen. She's got the biggest Wikipedia page of any of the divas that we've looked at this season. Because, and that's got to be because of the Lamely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's got to be because of the following. So people really either subscribe to to it like in a very genuine sense or just are really attracted to that, the parody of it, I guess. What's it for you, Lexi? Is it? Oh, I just, as you know, I love beautiful things. Beautiful is my favourite word in the whole entire world, as everybody <laughs> knows. It really is. <laughs> and I just think that she's so incredibly beautiful. She's everything I want to be in a woman. If I could snap my fingers and become a beautiful transsexual woman, I would look like Mariah Carey. I'm sure of it. You and Mariah Carey bitten with a stick. <laughs> well, it's funny you that you and, mentioned you our beautiful friend Vanity Fair from Sydney. She is, to me, the world's number one Mariah Carey impersonator and she does a hell of a job. Vanity herself did a Mariah Carey Christmas special just last week and Unspringable as Mariah She's from Twenty Thousand Places. She's currently doing it at the Rocks, isn't she? It's a, isn't it an ongoing thing? I think it's an ongoing December? thing throughout She's, the festive season. Yeah. yeah. She's doing a Mariah Carey show at the Rocks. I would in Sydney. love to see that. Look, I've just pulled up my phone. I'm, I've just pulled up my phone now to show Robbie and Lexi. Oh wow! Just perfect. Oh, I've never seen that. Yeah, <laughs> just so perfect. This is a photo of Vanity dressed as Mariah Carey. We'll pop it up on the website. Yeah, this was from, image. This was from. Four days ago from the time of recording this episode. It's that heart-shaped face. Yeah. It just really does it. She's really nailed it. Fucking image. And, like, 
stunning. Yeah. Like, oh my God, incredible. No surprise, but Vanity has the best Mariah hair on right there. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what a week by Vanity will get, yeah. You know, as much as it's a beautiful, it's the ridiculousness for me. And I think that having the ridiculousness is what makes Mariah, you know, once in her rider, she demanded that she had 20 white kittens and 100 white doves just because she can. (laughs) The ridiculousness is where it's at. So is this... Is this really happened? Like, well, I, it really happens. Well, it's just the little things she wants. It keeps the kids happy while she's on stage. It's yeah. known that she always brings her kids to all of her shows. She usually gets them out when she sings Always Be My Baby on her shows. She always has them on her TV specials and everything. So I guess you've got to get something to babysit them while you're out there singing. I suppose it makes sense that Mariah Carey would be the ultimate stage mum. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah. She knows how to produce. One of my favourite Mariah things was the fact that she was the very first person to ever agree to be a part of the modern iteration of Carpool Karaoke on The Late Late Show with James Corden. Now, the way they tell the story is that pretty much every publicist in town was just absolutely refusing to allow their artists to be a part of this. And, uh, And one of the producers from The Late Late Show pretty much had to corner one of Mariah's team, talk them into it, and then... They kind of got the green flag and just, bang, started recording, like pretty much recording the next day. But it would seem that no one actually told Mariah what it was that she was going to be recording. No, not at all. She had absolutely no idea. And I think this happens for probably a lot of things that happens to Mariah. I think she just gets roped into a lot of like turning up to things and not really knowing what she's um, what she's there for. <laughs> So And you can kind of see it. So the clip starts and one of the first things she says to James is, no, 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 we're not going to (laughs) sing. We're not singing today. I was up all night, blah, blah, blah. But, of course, as we all know, Carpool Karaoke is all about getting the artists to sing and to sing along to their own tracks. It's really cute to hear James Corden talk about it now because James said that I just panicked and the only thing he knew to do was just to push on and just to press play and to just start singing, make it easy. Like, I'll just have to sing it all myself if I have to. And eventually, you know, it's too awkward just to let someone see you. Mariah sort of gets in with it a little bit. But I think it's super, super cute. And she did say at one point, she was like, can we just drive around and just have a chat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like, and you can tell, like, her, her voice doesn't sound great. Her voice is actually, we'll play a little bit for you in a second, but her voice sounds kind of scratchy. And her, like her, t- her speaking voice. So I, I, I genuinely believe that she probably was. She had a late night the night before doing whatever she was doing and she just wasn't fully prepared to sing. I think yeah. there's only a very certain set of circumstances under which Mariah Carey is willing to sing these days. And I'm not entirely sure that that Banging was around in a car with James Corden isn't one of them. <laughs> not entirely sure that that was the one. Uh, if I haven't got someone with me, it's, it's just a bit of a No, moment. I know. It's the worst to I me. I really appreciate it. No, no, I'm just happy for you to your show. It's going to be like a good something for me to watch at night. Can I put the radio on? Yeah, please. Yeah? Is that you want okay? to shut me up? I mean, I no, I'm not showing you. I'm just saying no, no, it might no, be fun to put the radio it's, on it's, just no, in no, the background. No. Is that I'm all right? I'm just here for you. See what's on there. Oh. See what? now, that's not an accident. What do you mean? I know your act. I know your act. We, I mean, it's a new car, so I don't know how to change the radio station. But we can... <laughs> you wanna just Are you ready? Come on. I'm not singing go. today, I was up all night. <laughs> <laughs> It's very much, don't get me to sing. No, don't get me to sing. I know. Ah. <laughs> don't look at me. 
look at me. <laughs> I could have possibly. What's really funny about it is when you watch it and you don't know the backstory about how little she actually knew about what was going on, you do think it's an act. You do think it's a bit of it's a bit of fun. Yeah. That she's she's having a bit of fun with him. But when you listen to it in the context of what we've just discussed, you can tell that she's literally like, oh, 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 oh you're trying to trick me into singing. When the, when the penny finally drops and she's like, oh, oh, I see what this is now. Of course, what followed was it was a massive success and what followed was a plethora of the biggest names just coming out of the coming out of the woodwork who were happy to to be a part of this. So they they do talk about they're very thankful to Mariah and her team for allowing her to do it because otherwise we'd never have had carpool karaoke as we do today. And then they did finish. It was either the first or second series of Carpool Karaoke. The following year, yeah. The following year with a cover of all of the celebrities from, from throughout the series doing, and it was like Lady Gaga, Adele. <laughs> John. John. Oh, who'd have thought? I can't now it's Christmas. Ah. It's beautiful. And it's like she's come back. She's very different from the first time she was on. She knows what she's there for. She's there to sing. It's a really, really, really beautiful moment to have her back and have all of the other celebrities as well. Yeah, singing, which of course singing just, along to this Christmas classic. Which they had the forethought to record throughout the year as a recording with all these celebrities. And I love that song so much. You know how much I love that song. To see all of these massive names like Gwen Stefani, Selena Gomez, Nick Jonas, like as you said, Lady Gaga, Adele. To see them all singing along to this song and really getting into it. It's so cool. I loved it. Hey, I wanted to finish. uh, It is the Christmas episode after all. I did just want to finish Isn't It Iconic with a little bit of Mariah absolutely. One of the things that she gets and appreciates the most is her seasonal seasonal popularity. (laughs) And she knows how to sort of start stirring things up. She's for ages had this very tongue-in-cheek videos and uploads that she makes to Twitter and Instagram basically say, not yet, not yet, like telling <laughs> people that it's not time, it's not time for all I want We for haven't Christmas gone out yet. of Halloween yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she's got of them. We'll pop a video up on the website, divasondivas.com. There's a there's a great video that has a compilation of the whole lot. But great. It's, it's a really funny sort of mantra too because usually you'd be flogging it as early as possible, but she goes for the more tongue-in-cheek, ooh, you've got to wait, you've got to wait. Look, so... So every year they sort of roll her out. She's sort of the the unofficial poster child of Christmas these days. Her and Michael Bublé. Certainly Mr. in terms of Mr. and Mrs. Christmas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> and each year they roll her out. Now, last year Cosmopolitan magazine rolled her out and they played a little game with her, which was called the expensive taste test, but eventually they renamed the whole clip to Mariah doesn't have time for cheap Christmas decorations. <laughs> The amount of similarities between Mariah Carey and Lexi Gargard. So basically it's Mariah's job. She's handed something cheap and something a bit more expensive in the Christmas category and it's her job to, well, it's not really clear. It was her job to pick the most expensive thing but she kind of ended up turning it into her job to just really critique the entire process. And <laughs> She changed the rules a couple of times but she's handed a couple of sets of stockings and this is how she feels about that. So I've been presented with these two stockings and I'm just going to look at them really quickly. This is... This is um, very intricate, and this is um, its giving me a like a sweater vibe. I don't know. If you were to ask me which one of them is my favorite, I don't really, I don't, I don't love either one of them, to be honest with you. I don't go by what's the more, what's more expensive or less expensive. I would do just a traditional Christmas stocking 
with people's names on the top and just like, you know, we get very festive with the stockings at my house. So when I put out my own brand of Christmas stockings, that'll be the best one. <laughs> Self-love right there. They go on to present a couple of wreaths to her, a couple of Christmas wreaths, and this is what she's got to say about that. I'm not even going to discuss this but if you have to have one that isn't real and I know that that's sometimes you want to go with that and this is pretty very nice this one we're not going to talk about I I mean I don't know what to say it's really like watching a Lexi Gaga home movie as far as I'm concerned. Stop it. I'm not it a really Christmas is. tree snob. <laughs> if it's not from David Jones or Myers, don't bring it into my fucking house. And if you dare come into my house with a Christmas decoration with one of those little gold bits of loop to put the Christmas decoration on with, oh, no, 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 no. It's all about the tree clip. Do we know what that is? It's a little green bit of metal that you put on you put so on that it your- looks like the balls are floating on the tree. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh I've never seen yeah. this. And They're remember the main rule that tinsel is for poor people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's a quote from the video at some other point <laughs> that Mariah says. They end up presenting her with there's a Mariah Carey gift wrapping paper. Have you mm-hmm. seen this before? I have seen that, with yes. With the little cartoon that it's she beautiful uses. with it's her cute. cartoon. Yeah, it's very cute. <laughs> I really appreciate and it's part of the reason. I love the song. I think it's a great song, but it's part of the reason I love it so much is just her tongue-in-cheek. Just that she gets it. She's in on it. You know? She's festive. She gets it. She 100% is in on her joke. All right, gang, let's crack in to some of the little-known facts about Mariah Carey. Thank you for that, Tamar Braxton. And thank you, Lexi, for bringing that to oh. our attention as well. Oh, I have. A th- I didn't know whether to do it or not, but I didn't <laughs> want you to get through a whole season of this show saying thank you to Tony Braxton when it was actually her younger sister, Tamar, doing that beautiful high note there. No, you've done the right thing and you weren't the only one, so thank you very much. Tony <laughs> likes to get low. <laughs> Tamar <laughs> likes to get high. Well, <laughs> oh, 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 oh. oh, don't say that. <laughs> Mary, did you know that when she gave birth to her twins, her ex-husband, who was her husband at the time, Nick Cannon, went on the Gail King show not long after, so Oprah Winfrey's best friend, the Gail King show in 2011, and said, my wife wanted to make sure that when the babies came out, that they came out not only to a Mariah Carey song, but a live performance from Mariah Carey, her Madison Square Garden's performance of Fantasy, so they came out to a standing ovation of live applause. (laughs) Bloody magic. It really is. There's nothing more Mariah to me than that. <laughs> that is so self-indulgent, so delusional in its grandeur of how highly she thinks of herself. I just think I can't figure out whether these kids are going to be the most well-adjusted kids ever or the worst adjusted kids ever. I can't. I just think could go either way. Come out blinking into the sunlight. They've just come out of a cult. Because she, she like she adores and idolizes these kids Loves and looks them. after them incredibly well. But with this real tenuous link to sanity. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I want to hop back to what we were talking about a little bit earlier, which is how old is Mariah Carey? And does anyone even really know? Except maybe Mariah herself. 
There's been a lot of conjecture on whether she was born in 1969 or whether she was born in 1970. And what's really fascinating is there's pretty hard evidence to support both. Look, she's always been deliberately cagey about it. We are talking about that earlier. She doesn't like to celebrate birthdays. She doesn't believe that she should be represented by an age or be seen a certain way because of her age. The confusion started very early on, right in the start of her career. So she sort of made it big in 1990 when she was either 20 or 21. The New York Times indicated that she was 20 at the time and that's what was going around in the press kits. This is what most outlets were sort of reporting. Other publications, such as People and the LA Times, who had done their own set of research, had her at 21. And in fact, even in one of the headlines of the articles, they had, you know, Mariah makes it big at 21 or something along those lines. Now, her own hometown newspaper called Newsday said that she was 21 and they had interviewed her vice principal and had a copy of her yearbook. Right. Mm. When she was wished happy birthday on the on the red carpet on what was considered to be her 40th birthday, assuming that 1969 was the birth year, she said, read my bio again. <laughs> we can't allow these lies to spread. Don't say the F word around me. It's just a number, but I don't see why women should have to conform to what is expected of a 40-year-old. So you can see why she kind of wants to stay cagey about it. Lastly, for the case for 1969, she graduated high school in 1987, meaning she would have been 17 and would have had to skip a grade if she was born in 1970. And she's already admitted that she wasn't a great student in high school. So it's no, very unlikely. Lots of days off. Yeah. So the case for her being born in 1970, her own mother told Oprah in an interview in 1999 that Mariah was born in 1970. The twins' birth certificate lists her birth date as 1970, although those birth certificates haven't been verified either, so that could just be internet rumour. Most of her bios, a lot of the biographies written about her say 1970. So there's lots of solid evidence either side. And it's become this really crazy thing where there's really nothing to be gained <laughs> as to whether she's 50 or whether she's 51. There's no reason for her to try to be elusive about this. No, it's not a huge thing. It's not like Anastasia. You know the thing at Anastasia? For a very long time in her career, she was telling people that she was 10 years younger than she was. So when she came out with I'm Out of Love and her first album in the 90s, like late 90s, early 2000s, she was telling people that she was still in her late 20s when she was actually in her late 30s. Yeah, and right. it wasn't until her breast cancer diagnosis that she admitted that she'd for so long to be seen as a, like a modern pop star, she'd lied about her age. Like the record company had made her lie about her age. And again, she's one of those really ageless women that is so beautiful mm. and so young looking. You can pass her off. You can pass her off 10 years either side. Of that, but for Mariah, it's one year. Like, what yeah. difference does a year make? Could it be something to like? I'm really proud. Like, I was born in 1990, so I was born on a zero. Yeah. So all of my zero birthdays fall in a year that's a zero, and I really like that. I really like that. There's something about that. Maybe that's why early maybe, on they wanted yeah. to do that. But the thing is too that she very quickly entered into a relationship with a much older man. So if anything, who was part of her team? So if anything, you would think that they'd want to pat her age out a little bit, than make her younger at that yeah. time, right? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, as Mariah has said herself, I don't count years, but I definitely rebuke them. <laughs> and as we said before, I have anniversaries, not birthdays, because I celebrate life, darling. I love that. Jaws. <laughs> so quintessentially Mariah. So back to talking about Mariah and her live singing and whether she sings live, whether she doesn't sing live, whether she just does the licks, whether she just does the tips or the flicks of the hair to whatever she does live. It is 
well, pretty much rumoured and confirmed that Mariah likes that beautiful hourglass shape that she has that every good queen knows is created by what is called a Spanx pair of underwear. <laughs> Especially if you're a size queen, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, you'll get yourself a G-string Spanx so that you do not see that underneath any of your costumes. Sometimes she wears so many pairs of Spanx while she's on tour that she's not able to sing some of the notes that she used to sing when she was of a younger slender bod. Sounds really exactly like what someone from the Lamley would say. <laughs> but also, scientifically, it's correct. Having that area constricted and having all of your support when singing comes from like your diaphragm and your diaphragmatic area. Hmm. So having that so heavily constricted, it makes sense that she's not able to hit those notes or sustain her voice as well as she used to be able to when her body was naturally like that. That makes so much sense that if she's wearing this and that many corsets and her body, like we've spoke about, her body looks fucking phenomenal. Mm. And she wears those skin tight outfits. So to have all of that pulled in, like I find it hard enough as a drag queen pulling all of this in and lip syncing and moving at the same time, let alone having to then sing on top of that. And we all know that with Mariah, it is 100% form before function. 100%. 100%. (laughs) She's like, it's got to look good before it needs to work properly. Yeah, because we can fake the sound. We can't fake how it looks. Yeah. Yeah. She is the current owner of Marilyn Monroe's childhood secondhand white baby grand piano, which we know very famously was spoken about a lot in the TV show Smash, which I'm obsessed with. There was a whole song in it called Secondhand White Baby Grand, um, which was sung as part of the Marilyn Monroe musical Bombshell. Basically, it tells the story of this piano that her mother bought when she was younger. Now, Marilyn and her mother had a very strained relationship. Her mother was in and out of mental health facilities, getting treated for various disorders, bipolar. She wasn't really around much years in Norma Jean, Marilyn's formative years, but she would come back every now and then. And one of the years when she came back into her life, she brought with her this baby grand, second-hand white baby grand that she bought from a second-hand store. Oh, no, it was gifted to her by one of the studios or something like that. It's something very Hollywood. And it travelled around with them to different addresses. And then when Marilyn moved out of home, the baby grand was lost for years. And then sometime later, when Marilyn was a fully-fledged movie star, she tracked down that piano again and had it in her home. And it was something really sentimental. It was something her mum and her really bonded over, playing this old, old instrument that was, it had broken broken keys and broken strings, but it still played beautiful music to her and it was a really beautiful thing from her childhood. Now, Mariah is such a fan of Marilyn Monroe. Huge fan of Marilyn. Named her daughter after Monroe. Yes, that's exactly it. And in 1999, she paid... $662,500 $662,500 for this piano at an auction. That's only one thirty-tooth what she got paid for American Idol, so... Yeah. <laughs> Not much, really, when you think about Pocket it. Pocket change. <laughs> and she bought it at the Christie's auction in New York City, and it currently sits in her remodeled penthouse in New York. So this was October 1999, and she said, I wish her things didn't all have to be auctioned off. It's a shame. I wish somebody had had the money to buy it all and put it in a museum. And then nobody bought it. Apparently the bids didn't get high enough or whatever, but nobody got it. And so Mariah Carey made sure that she wasn't outbid on the most sentimental item from Marilyn Monroe's life. She went on to say the piano was her mother's. In her biography, there's a whole story about how Marilyn spent years trying to find it and get it back. Now I'm going to take good care of it. And then she said, eventually, when she's done with it, she will put it in a museum and it will end up. Oh, yeah. And I think, like, I love that because it's old Hollywood folklore, old Hollywood stories, Mm. and that sort of legacy being continued on by one of today's. Like, Marilyn Monroe was a huge diva in her own right. Yeah. So it's... 
Diva's collecting Diva things. Yeah, for me, it's just a... It's, it's, it's a beautiful a little crossover. It's also a very different side of Mariah, like a more sentimental side of Mariah, mm. a more sort of down-to-earth and respectful side of yeah, Mariah, like which a is real, nice to see. Yeah, it brings a real humanity to her, I think. Mm. After talking about something so glamorous that Mariah did, we do have to talk about her. Well, it wasn't a fall from grace. It was just a fall altogether. In 2013, Mariah was wearing, of course, high heels. It's known that Mariah will never actually wear a flat shoe. She'll always wear a heel and be carried if she cannot walk on the ground in her heels by a team of people. But back in 2013, while doing a music video shoot, she did have a little slip and dislocated her shoulder. Oh, the poor dear. I know how she feels. I've done it myself. But the thing is, so alike. even you can do something awful like that. She had her team of people customise a range of slings to go with her dress. Every single dress she wore <laughs> while her shoulder was dislocated, she had matching slings to go with every dress. Could you imagine the gays if they had matching slings to go with every one of their <laughs> outfits? I've seen the gays and I've seen their matching slings. Most of them live in um, around the Club 80 area. Yeah, I've, I've most been... of them live in Collingwood, let's be honest. <laughs> Could you imagine what her face mask collection must be like then? It must be so glamorous. <laughs> they only real Soroski crystals on that. <laughs> well, you know, to be honest, maybe cubic zirconia. Because <laughs> she can afford it. Because she can afford that most definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but she's famously known for not wearing... There's a great interview somewhere where she says that she repels flat shoes. <laughs> I don't wear flat shoes. They just she, slide right off her. <laughs> she also did it. She also... <laughs> Permanent Barbie feet, you know, (laughs) just in a curve all the time. Her feet are like Teflon. (laughs) She also did a very famous interview at some point. And again, I don't have have this written down, so I'd have to fact check it. But she says that she... she swims. She swims in gowns and high heels. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Yeah. And, but she's she's not joking. She genuinely says no. she goes swimming in her high heels. There's, a, there's a, that footage of while her in taking, the bath. Yeah, while well, on the um the MTV it, Cribs it, episode yeah, that she exactly. has from years and years ago when she changes ensembles. I'm pretty sure her word is ensembles, not outfits. Yeah. I'm pretty sure she changes ensembles four or five times. She does take you into the gym, the gym. and I can't remember what piece of equipment it is, but she does use a piece of equipment in a good Oh Gina Liano, who won a fucking tennis court. I'd like to see you on a <laughs> on a treadmill in a heel, sweetheart. <laughs> I'm getting a lot of Gina Liano vibes from Mariah, actually. Yeah, very that. Other way around, yeah, yeah, more yeah. likely. Yeah. Now, guys, I want to do the right thing by Mariah, and I want to spend a little bit of time talking about her actual vocal ability. Now, I know there is a lot of, you know, there's a lot of sentiment towards Mariah that she doesn't like to sing live, which means that people probably think that she hasn't got it as much as she pretends to have it, or she, you know, even early in her career, it was rumoured that she was just a studio worm, and that, you know, she didn't want to tour her first or a second album, and they sort of had to bring her out and get her to do a few live things on television so, so that people could see that she could actually sing, but she can actually sing. So she's credited as having a five octave vocal range. Now I'll preface this by saying I have no right talking about this. This is, I <laughs> have no idea what that means, but it sounds very do impressive. Give, do, you want, do you want to give me your notes and I'll talk about it? <laughs> Please weigh in wherever you like, because you actually understand music. Yeah. But I, I was able to, as the novice that I am, I was still able to take quite a lot out of this. So maybe I am the right person to explain it. She's got a five octave vocal range. Now, in terms of recording artists that are measured, that's considered to be the second largest ever range. That has been recorded. Does anyone know who, who has the first? No. Who? 
This is astounding to me. Axel Rose from Guns N' Roses. Wow. Yeah. So in terms of, this is like studio recordings of their voice. So he has, obviously can't sing as high as her, but has a much longer lower Lower range. Now. Where do we go now? She's got this five octave vocal range. (laughs) Just a nice little, really showing your true colours there with your little guns and, really little guns and roses reference. Oh, we know I am. <laughs> she dips as low as an F2 on the track Sweetheart and she gets as high as a G7 on, of course, Emotions. Her most famous whistling Whistle sample yeah. really comes from. Now, what was interesting to learn is she's often quoted as the artist that can hit the highest note and is regarded by quite a few people to, to be that and certainly in terms of studio recordings and stuff has does hold that title. Here's an example of, look, I, look if you've got sensitive ears, maybe just turn volume down a little Put bit Put your here. dogs outside. For the next little bit because I've got a couple of examples that I want to share with you. Sasha Star, get outside. <laughs> But here's an example of this G7 that she can hear. So there she's right there. She hits that G7 note. What's fascinating is that there is another artist that has hit a higher note, not in a recording studio. She's a big Mariah fan, actually. Is it? Can I say who it is? You can try. Is it? Can I guess? Is it Ariana Grande? It's not. Oh, oh wow! No, it's not. So who? So there's an artist by the name of Georgia Brown. Now she oh. she's a Brazilian singer. Yeah, not, not a massive fan. <laughs> she's a Brazilian singer, a massive Mariah fan. She has registered a G10. Now it wasn't done in a studio, so she was in the Guinness World Records holding the highest note. For a little while. It got taken out because it can't actually be verified. It was on a television show. I've got I'm gonna play a little clip from it. It's it's hard to listen to. <laughs> Apparently once you get to a G10, it's technically it's no longer a note. It's actually technically a frequency. So a bit more in the realms of things that I understand. <laughs> Here's an example of the G10. Like a kettle boiling. I, you know, I, mean, <laughs> I just had to take my earphones off for a second there. That was, oh, this dog doesn't like that at all. <laughs> I mean, it's no wonder your dogs at home did not enjoy the Mariah Christmas special. <laughs> but there's now, something not pleasant about that. That quite that high is there. I've been said some camp videos in my life from you to kill a mockingbird, <laughs> but your dog's Falcon and Frenchie barking at Mariah Carey on the TV today was one of the highlights of 2020. It really was. That's amazing because that sound is so high. High. It's great, and you can see why they call it a frequency because it's got that sound that it doesn't even sound it like, like a buzz. Register. Yeah. So, but also, I want to hear that note. I want to hear that note actually sang. So, I want to hear that within, not like slid up to from wherever she was, wherever she started at a G seven up to the G ten. Just sang out. Flat. I want to hear it. I want to hear it like integrated as part of because it wouldn't just sound like a frequency if it was integrated into an actual part of a song. Yeah. Like we would be like, that is the craziest and most incredible whistle tone. But it's just the fact that she held it sustained for that long and slid up to it that it's it makes it doesn't make it sound like a frequency. But I would love to hear it in like a yeah, like actually if she was to do the end of emotions and then actually option up to that would be stunning. There's a couple of other examples of things that Mariah can do that were really fascinating to me. 
to learn about and really gave me the respect for her as a live singer. So this is from a rehearsal for Saturday Night Live. I assume she went on to do it on the show as well, but this is the recording from the rehearsal of her singing live on Saturday Night Live. This was in 1990. And what happens here that I found really interesting is she goes from singing right here in her chest to transitioning into singing in a complete whistle tone perfectly. Yeah. Perfectly. And if you listen in for that, it does just sound phenomenal. Incredible. But her voice, for everything that we talk about Mariah Carey, and there is so much ridiculous to talk about, and I know I focus on a lot of the ridiculous today, there is no denying the incredible vocal talent that this woman had at some point. Whether she still has it today. I think a lot of people have denied it. You know, I think the media has sort of tried to paint a. Can she really sing? No, she's sort of always been able to sing. Boop, boop, boop. And I think that's always been my favourite Mariah as well. I think like my my favourite songs of Mariah's, uh, My All is like, My Beautiful. All is my favourite, my favourite Mariah Carey song, bar none. Which sadly, you know, back to the can she, can't she, can she, can't she, she will not do My All live ever no. again. Yeah, right. After the last... Um, Look, there's clearly something there yeah. that she doesn't, she doesn't like singing live. And, and maybe it is that she doesn't want to sing if she's not replicating what she is getting out in a studio. Yeah, mm-hmm. and what she was doing once it's upon a, a time. It's a, it is a version of this perfectionist that we see in a lot of divas and that, that Christmas special, it's all very carefully curated. I mean, gosh, does she know how to lip sync along to her own track from Not that Christmas well, special? <laughs> Not well. Not Even well Ariana Grande looked like she had never seen, never known how to lip sync a day in her life either. I was like, what is happening with I these just, women? It's not that easy on screen. Yeah. Let me do it. I'll lip sync to the Mariah Carey <laughs> song. Considering how many vocal ad-libs Mariah does and how much she packed into that Christmas special, I, I, was, I was pretty impressed that she was keeping up. My All is my favourite Mariah Carey song and it's because her vocal soars towards the end of this number. Like the melissima and the vocal runs and the vocal stability that she has to go from such a beautiful, strong, high belt into all of her like operatic tones and things like that. And like we said earlier, her mum was an opera singer. She learnt from a very yeah. young age how to sing in that style and replicate those kinds of notes. And that's what she credits it from. Like she was able to do whistle notes and things like that from the age of like two. And it's like, that's crazy. It is really astounding. One of the other things I found really impressive was a clip that I found from in the studio around 2001 where she crams over 20 notes within the space of three seconds. It's all stuff that I would hear and not realise quite the degree of difficulty in what it is that she's doing. That takes, and there's only so many artists out there that are able to do it and do it spectacularly well. The last thing that I wanted to point out was this moment where she's singing live, she goes into her whistle, but (laughs) she goes one step further and starts speaking in her whistle tone. 
just shows such immense voice control. It's not just carrying a note, but communicating with a note. It, it's astounding to me. And look, she can still do it. In February this year, she posted a funny, uh, a funny little clip on her Twitter of her daughter lip syncing along to her whistling in the background. She always sets them up with these funny little skits, I guess, that she makes them do and then says to her daughter, what, you wanted me to do the high notes? But she says a flawless whistle, yeah. you know, right there on an iPhone video. Yeah, I think it's just probably under pressure and with a lot of things riding on it, there's, there's, there's a lot of pressure to perform and be able to pull that off and it must be something that she can obviously still do but when she's comfortable enough to do it. And like I said, there's no denying that talent. And also maybe there's a part of her, I mean, she has to it, but there is a part of her that goes, I don't have to either. Like, I'm making good money. I, this is how I choose to be an artist in the I've world. Done it. Everybody knows I can do it. I don't need to do it anymore. Yeah, it, it, it's probably look, and I don't disrespect it that much, but touring is hard work. So mm, if you definitely. choose that that's not what you want to do, Adele's done it in, at times, said, you know, she's not a fan of touring and she's taken long, you know, bouts. She hates it at she the hates end of her last tour. She I'll probably never live. tour again. Yeah. 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 She really hates performing live, and which is a real shame because God, easily, she was good. easily one of the greatest concerts Oh, I've she ever was been great. To. Well, now more than ever, the intro to our next segment is going to be incredibly relevant to what we're about to discuss. So let's get into. I was like, why are you so obsessed with me? Why, thank you, Mariah. Why are we so obsessed with you? Literally today, why are we so obsessed with you? (laughs) So we talk on this podcast quite often about GLAAD, G-L-A-A-D, and the people that they honour, and they do quite often honour celebrities. I know um, Beyonce was ally of the year. A couple of years ago. A couple of years ago. A few people that we've talked about on this podcast have been honoured by them, including our one and only Mariah from today. She was honoured in 2016 for her allyship to the LGBTQ community. Fascinating that she took the stage to accept this award. <laughs> and in her very own Mariah Carey way, took it upon herself to redefine the LGBTQ acronym while she was there accepting the award. So she accepted the award from her good friend Lee Daniels, who directed her in the Oscar-winning film Precious. And she admitted that she was nervous. She said, I was a little nervous about tonight because I thought I had to learn a whole new alphabet. I was like, man, I don't want to do it wrong. Then I decided if I have to memorize it, I might as well elaborate on it. We got L, legendary. G, gorgeous. B, beautiful. All of you beautiful. T, tantalizing. I mean, just start with Q isn't for equality, but no, for quality. Oh, not, quality, for quality, not equality. Oh, yeah. Okay. I thought that was a bit of a big word for her. Like quality streets, beautiful. <laughs> but I just find it so damn bizarre. I get that she didn't want to get the acronym wrong, so she put words to it too. But couldn't it's she have not part of the accepting of the award? They don't test you on the acronym. <laughs> couldn't she just have remembered lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender? She didn't remember, any, she didn't remember anything. <laughs> like, it's just Mariah gonna, being Mariah. Why are you going to make up your own things? I love it. It's very Mariah. And then she went on to thank the audience and the LGB community for their unconditional love. She went on to say, I haven't experienced much of it, so I thank you. I wish all of you love, peace and harmony. And as my five-year-old Rocky likes to say, boobies and butts. (laughs) (laughs) Boobies. 
But I spoke about Lee Daniels, who directed her in Precious. And Daniels actually spoke at the award ceremony about their decades-long friendship and the positive role that she's played in his life. He said, It's because of her belief in me and her telling me things that I didn't know about myself. Mariah is one of us. I know many celebrities pretend to be one of us. This bitch is one of us. To the marrow bone. Lee Daniels is an out and proud black gay man. And you can see how much their friendship actually means. Like, they've known each other for so long. Yeah, I think she's got a real genuine love of the community. We talk a little bit about genuine support of the community versus advantageous support Mm. of the community. And I do think that there's a lot of... When you hear Mariah talk about the community, she does have a lot of respect for it. She also performed at the Human Rights Campaign a year before this, in 2015. And again, in her very Mariah way, she had this little speech to make. uh, I think I was one of the first people to have gunkles, you know, gay uncles, from the time that I was... Just for the people that don't know, I thought I was allowed to say, if I'm not allowed to say that, tell me now. Because I don't want to hear, she was offensive, she was rude. I'm talking about two people that might as well have been married. They were the, they were my template for a great relationship. And they were my real, my mom's real friends. And when there was a snowstorm or anything that happened, we walked up to their house. We, they took care of us. Their dog, Sparkle. Their dog's name was Sparkle. And he was our friend. And um, really, honestly, I just can't thank everybody for just human rights in general. Just, just caring about all people. And, uh, and really, this is what this song is about. A lot of people have told me that, well, it only took me three hours to come out of my closet tonight. Um, <laughs> typically, it's a little longer. But um, people have, a lot of people, uh, kids that grew up, be it, they were biracial or they were gay or they were coming into their own and they felt like an outsider, as, as did I. Um, they said that a lot of the lyrics, the songs that you probably have never heard before, help them get through those moments. And so I just want to be um, appreciative of the ability to write a song. She then goes on to dedicate the song Heroes, which a lot of people do talk about as a bit of an anthem for themselves or as a bit of a coming out song or to sort of shine a light, reflect a light on the things that they really appreciate about others in the LGBTIQ world. Because it really is a song about embracing individuality and like overcoming self-doubt and finding that hero with inside yourself. So I can see how us as a community have adopted that over the years into something that's a little anthemic, for mm. like like we do with a, a lot of the a lot of our divas songs. So as well as receiving the Allyship Award, from Glad, she brought out a pride-themed clothing line. Did you know this? Mm, I did. <laughs> this kind of sounds a little bit more like that monetary side of support. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a little bit, which some of the proceeds from would be donated to Glad. But depending on which design you choose, Mariah is on the shirt and she's lying under a rainbow or she has a rainbow going across her butt or a rainbow going across her <laughs> breasts. But you can choose from like tank tops, T-shirts, sweatshirts, cell phone cases. Oh, she got a red bubble. (laughs) (laughs) She got a red bubble for pride, basically. But there's only one item out of the whole collection that doesn't feature her her likeness or her face on it, and that's the sweatpants, which just had a rainbow stripe down the side, which was really cute. But yeah, like I said, a portion of the proceeds from that pride capsule collection went to GLAAD and went to help the LGBTQIA plus community, which is really, really beautiful. And good on her. I mean, she's got a very staunch gay following, and I I can see that. Been. It was a limited edition thing too. It was like a really being... limited edition thing. I think it was, and I think it was 2016 when she did it. It was around yeah. the time of the the Allyship Award. And I think it was just sort of not an afterthought. That was about to say afterthought. That seems really rude. Just something she did for the community, yeah. just for saying thank you for receiving this award. Please buy my things. <laughs> I, one of the things that I think, you know, we talk about why it is that we connect to the divas that we connect to, and it's not so much anything that Mariah's done specifically or anything like. It's sort of part of who she is, right? And I think Lexi, I reckon you'll have an opinion. 
opinion on this. I think that just the fact that Mariah kind of lives in this fantasy world that we've talked about a little bit, she's created this this image of herself. Like, I can see our community connecting to that a lot. And I can see it mostly in Lexi Gaga. <laughs> Look, I really do live in a little bit of a fantasy world where everything's beautiful, happy colours and rainbows. I don't watch the news. I don't, you know, really pay too much attention to what anyone else posts on social media. I only really look at what I post on there. And um, funny because everybody else is looking at your. It's what funny, everyone well. else is looking at what I post. Um, yeah, get a new number. Um, and you know, I just feel like living in a world where everything's a little bit more beautiful, trying not to worry about the shit is good. You know, a drag queen from RuPaul's Drag Race, Valentina, lives in a French vanilla fantasy. I yes. also believe that I live in a chocolate frappe. So. <laughs> it's very that. And I can see very that. I can see that sort of need to escape or that sort of need to live your life in a sense of your own self-provided joy. I don't know. I see a Definitely. link there between, you know, the, the queer community and what Mariah does. And, I, yeah, I can, I can see how we would hold someone up that is evidently very good at it. 100%. And I think mm. it's one of the things that I've always connected with, with you, Lexi, over as well. That sense of fun and escapism that you bring and that whenever I see you or whenever I hang out with you, I get to escape for a little moment from whatever's going on in my life and I get to live in your world Aww, for a second. And like beautiful. I said, it's Mariah's world and we're all living in it. I really believe here in Melbourne, this is Lexi's world and we're all just living <laughs> in it as Much well. to some people's dismay. <laughs> but let me tell you, it's... Better on the east side. <laughs> the effluent east. It's absolutely the wonderful. Effluent expensive. Oh, no, I'm going to just absolutely cut that at the hill. <laughs> That's more than enough of that rubbish. Not just because I'm moving to the northwest. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. It comes down to the part of the show where we take one diva moment, one qualifying moment that makes our diva a diva. It's never been easier to find a diva moment than it is with today's diva, Mariah Carey. She's an absolute plethora of them. As we've discussed throughout the show, she's the queen of the subtle shade. So and we the queen of like the outright shade as well. Yeah. <laughs> she's not afraid of that at all. True, she will do both. It is, of course, one of the most famous shadiest diva moments of the past sort of generation, I think. It's the I don't know her moment. <laughs> And boy, did it go off. Every GIF. If I've used it once this week alone, I've used it once today alone. I've used it a hundred times. It's that famous GIF of Mariah Carey standing there just looking baffled and just going, I don't don't know know her. Funnily enough, it was on a German television. It was a German television interviewer on a red carpet. So the only footage of it that exists is translated into German, but it still managed to break through the pop culture zeitgeist. She started off talking about Beyonce and then the interviewer tries to skew it to Towards Jennifer Lopez, and this is how it goes down. I love Beyonce. Beyonce is. Ich liebe Beyonce. Beyonce ist fantastisch. Sie komponiert gute Songs und ist eine exzellente Sängerin. Außerdem ist sie eine sehr süße Person. Und was ist mit J Lo? Die kenne ich nicht. And she just shakes her head for a little while. I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. No, not a clue. Sorry, love. 
The thing is, though, at this point, she knows who Jennifer Lopez is. She has to. She, like, you can't go around living your life not knowing who Jennifer Lopez is. Jennifer Lopez was a, like a f- cultural phenomenon for a hot minute. Probably still is. But like around that time as well was huge. She's been asked to defend herself on this a, a few times. And she's always said, look, I don't know her. She was saying that I don't know her personally. The, the issue with this clip is not saying I don't know her. It's that look it's, in her face. It's the look <laughs> in her face. It's the way she says it. Where she's like, I, I don't know her. She goes on to double down. Only a few years ago in 2016. What do you think about people still referencing I don't know her all these years later? I still don't know her. And she says a bit of a giggle, like, she gets it. (laughs) She knows she's been facetious. Later that year, she gets put on the spot by Andy Con. We love Andy We Cohen. love anything Watch what happens live <laughs> in this house. We really do. We've, we've had an interview. And I feel like we get a lot of shady shit from as well. Yeah. Because he Andy, knows how to pull it. Andy Cohen has a sensational way of making these divas that we love so much talk absolute trash about each other. Anyway, in this instance, this is how she goes on to justify the I don't know her moment. Here's the thing. So I go back to my seat and J-Lo's sitting behind me. And I'm like... You know what? There was this whole thing when you were last on. I there was the moment where you said, "I don't know her," and then that she said, "I so know long her." Ago, I can't believe people still make such a big deal I out know, of but it. Do you know each other? No. No. Okay. You, she says you know her. Okay, I know she. You know what? I'm very forgetful. Okay. Apparently, <laughs> apparently, I'm forgetful. Yes. Because I don't remember the fact that it was just like. Hi, I'm so-and-so, and then move on. And then, like, hi, that's it. Right. If I had never had a conversation with you and someone asked me about you, I'd be like, I don't know him, but he seems cool. Right. Or I don't know him. Does she seem cool? <laughs> I don't know her. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's, so, it's so baffling to me that she can really double down on it and just be like, I don't know her. But. They've, they've performed on the, like, the same stages together. They've been to each other's concerts and things like that. It's it, to, to, She just doesn't want to talk about for it. For lack of a better term, it's reductive for her to sit there and be like, I don't know her. It's it, But it's hilarious. And it makes for the greatest, one of the greatest diva moments of all time, as far as I'm concerned. She refuses to play that showbiz game yeah. where you have to say something nice about someone whenever their name comes up. And she says that. She sort of goes on to say that in this Watch What Happens live cliff. She says, I'm not going to just say nice things about people because I should say nice things about people. I just don't know her. (laughs) Thank you, Mariah. I feel exactly the same way. (laughs) I'm sorry I don't remember your name. (laughs) Love. The similarities are stacking up. Staggering. Honey. Staggering. All right, guys, that is just about all we have time for on this special penultimate Christmas edition of Divas on Divas. We have one more massive episode coming to you in a couple of weeks' time. Until then, please make sure you like us on our social media. You can find us on Instagram at Divas on Divas, and you can find us on Facebook at Divas on Divas Podcast. We will also be popping all of the clips played and mentioned in today's episode up on our website as well, which is divasondivas.com. Lexi. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for sharing your Mariah wisdom with us. Have you got any other last nuggets of Mariah love to share with the world? Oh, just why are you so obsessed with me, world? That's about (laughs) all I've really got to. That's about all I've got to say. What else would we expect from the most beautiful drag queen in Melbourne, just like Mariah is the most beautiful woman in Hollywood? (laughs) Self-proclaimed. Lexi, where can people follow you online? You can follow me on Instagram at at Lexi Gags or at any good retailer. (laughs) 
don't hit her up on Facebook. She will not accept your friend request. I haven't accepted a friend request in two years. If I'm not your friend by now, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> so like we always do, cracking open that diva vault for the end of this episode, we're going to take you away this week with a very special, we would be remiss not to talk about it or play it on this podcast. The what reason, could it be? The reason we're all here... Her famous song, All I Want for Christmas is You. Until next time, everybody, don't forget, I I don't know her. I don't want a lot for Christmas. There is just one thing I need. I don't care about the presents underneath the Christmas tree. I just want you for my own. Elusive Chantreuse. The Elusive Chantreuse. The Elusive Chantreuse. The Elusive Mongoose. The Elusive Papoose. The Elusive Eskimo Papoose. It's a papoose, darling. It's a papoose. It's a papoose.